jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of darkness! Well... <laughs> I know, every week I'm like, well, here we are again. Because I really know how to start a, start a show with a real... I was going to say gangbang, but that's not the right term. <laughs> Gangbusters. Gangbusters is the right term. Well, the gangbang is the vaccinated edition of Game <laughs> One's Darkness. Gangbang comes at the end of the show. Yeah. That's the treat after. A girl is just tired out, you know, <laughs> afterwards. You don't want to start the show. Yeah, you can never kick things off with the gangbang. No, no, no. You got to work up to it. It's all downhill from there. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could argue we're always downhill from the moment I press record, but. A perpetual decline, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. 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 But uh, as we, before we started recording, um, and I said, do you have any upfront business? <laughs> Anthony said, yes, I have a question about Michael Douglas. And, and Anthony, you have the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Senator. Um, <laughs> let me grab my overhead projector and my transparencies. <laughs> uh, okay, so last week, on last week's episode... Was it last week? I don't understand how time works. Last, I think at some point in the recent past, I described a Michael Douglas film that several listeners were kind enough to inform me in my inbox is called, not what I called it. I think I called it indiscretion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because we were talking about women in or men in peril at the hands of women films. Yes. Uh, You know, coming off the heels of Play Misty for me and how Fatal Attraction and kind of kind of remade that and then it generated this whole erotic thriller moment of men in peril so i i named the michael douglas demi moore film based on the michael crichton book i already knew that thank you uh which i incorrectly called indiscretion in which demi moore is predating and sexually harassing her employee michael douglas um so now i know it's not called indiscretion Granted, I don't think that matters because all these movies have the exact same title. It's discretion, indiscretion, disclosure, indisclosure. They're all the same title. Mm. Um, But this one is called... It is called Disclosure. Is that true? Yes. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Thank you for keeping track of this. It's called Disclosure. Uh, But my question is, once I... So I, I immediately rented it from Movie Madness. I still have yet to watch it. My question is... Fatal Attraction. It's Michael Douglas versus Glenn Close. Or, you know, she's in love with him. Uh, What's the other one? Basic Instinct. It's Michael Douglas and Sharon Stone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Disclosure. Which, what the fuck kind of title is that? It should be Indiscretion. I I stand by it. Demi Moore trying to get with Michael Douglas and sexually harassing him. My question is, who is into Michael Douglas? Besides, I guess, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Sure. What is this? What is this illusionary world we live in, in which 
Sharon Stone, Glenn Close, and Demi fucking Moore are all desperate to hump Michael Douglas? Well, and uh, Kathleen Turner in several films. Yeah! Oh, yes! Yes! He had, uh, he had a time. But doesn't he kind of look like a bird? <laughs> like, I just, I just don't get, I don't get the attraction. Was well, he a he's, hot actor? He's a legacy, right? Because he's Kirk Douglas's son. Right. So he's got the legacy thing built in. I think in his younger years, like before that, I think he was probably considered attractive. Yeah, but like, like that's like, I mean, we're talking like when he was producing like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest or like the older days. Right, right. This is 1990s, Michael Douglas. Right, but who else was there? You had like Antonio Banderas, but let's face it, he was too spicy for a lot of this stuff. He had to be oh, in the, yeah. the he had to be in the extra spicy thing. Well, you had <laughs> extra spicy and or Pedro Almodovar films, where right, Pedro's yeah. like, yeah, he's gay, and so am I. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, you got well. Look, uh, let's take a look at another erotic thriller. You've got Bruce du- uh, Bruce Douglas. Who the fuck is that? You've got um, <laughs> Bruce Willis in Color of Night. Okay. Bruce Willis is a, he was an attractive gentleman. Yeah, but he was a different flavor than the, like, Michael like Douglas. He's a, he went action-y, um, and he was, like, comedy into action sort of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Michael Douglas is very every man. You know what I mean? He's, like, he's just a guy. <laughs> oh. and, so there, and so, therefore, he should be the lead of countless Hollywood blockbuster films. Is, but is that what makes him relatable then for if we're looking at the genre of men in peril? Right. And it's like, this could happen to you. And then, and then that, what you said, every man. So then he becomes a stand in for all the, the ugly men of America. Yeah, like he's fine looking. He's not, is I don't he? think he's ugly. I think he's fine. <laughs> uh, he's, he's inoffensive in terms of like he's not spicy. He's mm-hmm. not, he doesn't have, I know he's done some vaguely action-y stuff, but I mean, I think he was A-list also, and just like that yeah. was his niche, and once, whichever one came first, maybe Basic Instinct, or maybe it was, you know, uh, Jewel of the Nile or something, like once those were successful, you're gonna get typecast, and if mm-hmm. he's like, well, why not, I can roll around with Sharon Stone and get paid like $20 million, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, not to blame him. I'm sure he's not, you know, making the active choice to be this dude in these films. Yeah, I think well, he's he's inoffensive. Enough. He's inoffensive enough that I could see that. I guess. I guess. Also, it was a, it was a time when we were just, you know, we ate whatever we were fed. <laughs> that is very true. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> like oh another michael douglas picture opens this weekend all right <laughs> it's the same as the last one another woman's in love another massively hot woman is in love with him <laughs> yeah at least it's not the 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 trope that ended up uh in a vague way like kind of watered down but like the the spate of sitcoms and some films where it was like paul blart with his naggy hot wife <laughs> Were those not men in peril also? <laughs> right? Like, his wife is hot, but she's also a bitch. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, he looks like a slob. <laughs> well, that, okay, thanks for, thanks for uh, illuminating 
that I mean, for me. I could be wrong. I don't know. Somebody, maybe there's someone out there who's. No, don't tell us. I'm not interested if you're. Don't tell to us. I'm not interested if you're attracted to Michael Douglas. I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah, that's what makes us get just spammed by Catherine Zeta Jones. <laughs> yeah. She has nothing else to do. Well, I wouldn't mind that necessarily. She's great. I love her. Love her. Don't get her being with Michael Douglas. I don't get Sharon Stone and Demi Moore and Glenn Close trying to get with them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, anyway. I, I didn't predict that we would start this episode with 10 minutes on Michael Douglas, but you know what? <laughs> Every day brings a new surprise. I was going to talk about eggs, but... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I have problems. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) I like that you just left it at that. Yeah, I'll leave that up to everyone's imagination. What are your egg problems? You can't leave this unopened. I just, I know people think I live a charmed life because I have a podcast and a blog. Yeah. They say, oh, what's it like in your princess castle? Yeah, you're like Bling Empire. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And in my princess castle, I just, I can't do, I cannot cook a sunny side up egg to save my life. (laughs) So if Jigsaw is like, if you don't cook this egg. The poison will fall on you, or whatever. I just, I will, I'll die. Jigsaw in this film is portrayed by Big Bird, who just, just like ate some glass and, and sucked on some helium. And ooh, what a devious game. She has, she has to cook the sunny side of egg, or else the poison will fall on you. Terrible. Maybe the problem's your burner. Maybe it's not even you. Oh, it's me. Oh, well. well. It's me. We know our limits. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, though, for believing in me. I do believe in you. Is there an egg you won't do? Uh, no. I've never never considered such a question. Is there an egg you won't do? I mean, raw, obviously. (laughs) I've never met an egg I didn't like. Yeah, I've never met an egg I wouldn't do. (laughs) Oh, now eggs are being (laughs) fucked? It's a pandemic, okay? It's a queer feminist podcast is what it is. (laughs) Yeah, why? I mean, raw eggs I wouldn't, but... Yeah, I wouldn't do a raw egg either. No, I like no, I like all the eggs. You just know some people are weird about like deviled eggs or. But oh. I'm, I'm like all eggs are. It's just like my attitude towards animals. When people say that's an ugly dog, and I say all of God's creatures are beautiful. Mm. All eggs are delicious. Yeah, I agree. Some poached ones can be kind of weird. Mm. Okay. Hmm. Anyway, <laughs> eggs, right? <laughs> wow. Jesus Christ. <laughs> why do we even do this show? Like, why? What purpose? What are we putting in the world? Is this, like, isn't the internet bad for the environment, right? Like, are we, uh, is it worth our carbon footprint? So that we can be like, I can't cook sunny side up eggs. I think poached eggs are a little too much sometimes. <laughs> like, <laughs> we get just turned into the delicious dish. <laughs> yeah, I just, oh, God. Oh. Anyway, oh. I guess we could talk about a horror movie. Oh, 
fine. Since that's why we're here, I wonder how many people fast forward. Do you think? Would I? <laughs> we should put up a, a Twitter quiz. No, I don't want to know because then I'll feel uh, restrained. Oh, and then you'll say I'm not going to ever talk about an egg ever again. Yeah. And then everybody will be like, good. <laughs> Subscriber count goes up. <laughs> yeah. Good. Oh, that's what we wanted. <laughs> oh. I was going to start an egg newsletter. <laughs> She's got the K-pop newsletter. She's got the egg newsletter. Let me tell you, my ditto machine is constantly running. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, today, we're here to talk about the Funhouse. Yes! 1981 Toby Hooper, the Funhouse. And how do I put this? I love the (laughs) Funhouse. Period. Yeah. That's how I put it. This was a Stacey Ponder pick. It was. For the week. Anthony's like, I can never make it through that movie. I've never seen it all the way through. And I'm like, well, now you're going to be forced. (laughs) And while I was watching it last night, I had the thought, I bet Anthony is not enjoying this. Um, But I was in such a state of bliss that I said, tough luck for Anthony. (laughs) (laughs) I love the funhouse. How many, how many, count the ways. How many ways do you love it? Oh, so many ways. It is, this movie is such a vibe. I realize that a good portion of my enjoyment of this film comes from the fact that it's so, to me, it is so true to life. Like, not the Mm -hmm. monster, not the monster stuff, but the carnival shit is so true to life that it just ignites within me. Such feelings of happiness. Oh, her furnace is lit, everyone. The furnace, you know, the basement's getting heated. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Freddy Krueger's down there. Jennifer Lawrence is looking at a toad. <laughs> yeah. So I realized that. And so pe- people who may not have had carnival experiences, this specific brand of carnival experiences in your youth or your adulthood or whenever might be like it's really not a good movie maybe it's not a good movie i don't care i love the fun house i love your love for it and it must be said i think going off of what you just said this movie might be i i I, it'll it'll be interesting to see how evolve her reception to it evolves as horror um uh i was gonna say euthanizes but that's not the right word as horror as young more and more young people come onto horror because I wonder how accessible the world of the carnival is, right? Because I feel like carnivals on this, like this, to this level, aren't really a thing anymore. They're not. They're Which is actually not. really sad. I feel like, I feel like the carnival, the carnival experience proper that is really well depicted in this film, uh, that you speak to, that you love in this film, it, I feel like that was on its way out as I was a kid. Like, I think yeah. I got the last of that. Probably. And then I think it vanished. I haven't been to a carnival, obviously, since like high school, probably. Yeah. Um, the last time I saw a carnival was happening, like the, the one that comes through town for a week or whatever, it was in a mall parking lot. Yeah. And that alone is enough to let you know that it's dead. Like, when I was a kid, we, there was a field 
in our town that was pretty much just the carnival field. <laughs> Nothing just else happened in this field. Barren waste the rest of the time. Yeah, just like a field. And then every summer, like, the flyers would go up and the fucking carnival's coming. And it mm-hmm. is such a, like, it's such a vibe. This movie captures the vibe and is a vibe itself. And there is... Now, I feel like if you went to the carnival, I would honestly be worried about getting shot. Because, like, American culture has changed so much over the course oh, of my lifetime in real. those regards. Like, someone's <laughs> going to get shot at the carnival, right? Which is not to say that the carnival wasn't dangerous feeling. Mm-hmm. That's part of the appeal of it. Mm-hmm. Is that you take the, and that's what I love about it, and that's what I love about this movie is that the carnival should be something that is completely wholesome. It's rides, it's clown faces, it's games, it's fun, it's weird food, it's got the the carnival music, all of this, but it's not wholesome. It's dangerous. It's sleazy. Yeah. It feels. Perver- it's like a perverted wholesomeness, and I mm-hmm. love that so much. There's there's carnies, not to be a classist, mm. right? But there's roving bands of like creepy scuzzy dudes Mm -hmm. that go from town to town and aren't accountable to the towns that they're in at the time which can breed a culture of um well you're gonna go but it's uh whatever happens you signed up for it (laughs) yeah and that's ignoring like the you know the carnival rides that are assembled and disassembled in like fifteen minutes, yeah. and like the inherent danger with those kind of things. Like this is not Disney World, this no. is not Six Flags. You know what I mean? It feels like people are gonna go missing mm-hmm. or something. There's no science team that is ensuring your safety. There right. is there even an insurance policy. <laughs> And so, I don't know if it's a bad thing that that's lost, but it it holds a certain appeal. And just the time of this movie, like, early 80s horror, and the kind of characters that populate it, it's like, even the heroes, you know what I mean? It's like muscle cars and weed. Yeah. There's a sleaziness and a scuzziness to this, because, first of all, it's a Toby Hooper movie. So, of course, it has that patina. Um, But it's just jacked up in this film and i just i eat it the fuck up in a delicious uh through a delicious 1981 lens mm-hmm. what a great year yeah um i uh, okay so i historically i have said and I, and I said this to you and you selected the film when we spun the the gaylord's wheel um and and i said uh oh yeah i've never made it through that movie i've seen this movie like three times before uh, and I, I think I fell asleep every time. Uh, one of the, the most recent time I had seen it was at the Hollywood's All Night Movie Marathon. And I think it was like, it was like the third movie at that point. And Jason and I had just tried watching it like, uh, like literally a week before. And, and I was too stoned to watch it. And then I just, you know, I fell asleep and it was all, you know, when you, it's the third movie in a lineup and it's three in the morning and you're losing your mind. It was a little much. I think my problem historically watching this movie in the past, because that was still like maybe five years ago or something. I think my problem was that I went into this as a little shit kid expecting slasher and a carnival hijinks from the get go. Mm. And I think I was too busy looking for the for the slasher, slasher, slasher aspects of the carnival and not as much the carnival itself. 
mm-hmm. that I didn't allow myself to appreciate it. However, hearing one Stacey Jane Ponder <laughs> sum up her love for the carnival before I went in and watched this film, I had a little touch. Uh, I had a little, a little. Uh, ponder colored glasses on my my eyes as i watched this and i really did fall for this setting what i think is really fun and weird and lovely and bizarre and the plot structure is so strange um what i thought was really nice about this movie is the movie itself could just be the carnival you kind of don't even need the murders which for the most part happen in the last act of the film which is so not how a lot of slasher movies work, but just the the I, I think as I, 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 I the word is overused at this point, but the world building in this film of this carnival is a delight. He takes so long just having the characters, our four teenagers, wander the carnival and see mm-hmm. all the sights, and I think. Th- it's so good at building this sinister vibe. Mm-hmm. Like, because it, it's like the, the Barkers just being like, alive, alive, alive. Oh. Like, <laughs> the sideshow Barker and the weird girly show in the tent and, like, the display of the two-headed animals and, you know, like, yeah, it's so fucked up. And it's authentic because this was a real traveling carnival. Well, I was going to say, those animals are real. Mm-hmm. Like, that that took me... And that's why I wonder how accessible this film might be for future generations that don't understand the the, the primordial fucked-upness of the carnival. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and it's, 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 it's an intrinsic nature to growing up in a weird town. Um, but, like, like I, I, those animal scenes, I'm like, oh, poor little cute little babies. And my, my heart flutters for them. And then I have a flashback to being a kid and seeing the world's smallest donkey. Like mm-hmm. in this in this little tiny sad pin or seeing the, the weird croc, the weird giant alligator. And just like the, the fear and trepidation and the kind of like, uh, oh, should I be seeing this? But also the grease of the of the curly fries on my hands. <laughs> like, like yeah. it, it, it's just such a mood. Yeah, and like maybe people could go to the carnival. Like you go with your boyfriend or whatever, and he wins you a teddy bear, and you have a great time, and then you go home. Like mm-hmm. that's fine. But the whole CD side of it was absolutely there. So much of it felt illicit and forbidden. Mm-hmm. Even though purportedly it's this family friendly like fun time but it's not the mm-hmm. state fair you know mm-hmm. and i think part of it is like it's up on this weekend and next weekend it's gone and the allure like especially to kids or teenagers who are like i hate my parents i hate my life i'm gonna run away and join the carnival mm-hmm. there's such an appeal to that kind of almost vagabond life yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and there's also uh, something that I think is really true, like there's the urban legends around carnivals. There's the story of like what is what was it the, um the the corpse hanging in the funhouse mm-hmm. that actually like when when you look at that urban legend, somebody traced tracked it back, and there really was a carnival attraction that had a mu- a real life mummy, <laughs> like of <laughs> like I what is it wasn't Jesse James, but some kind of cowboy mummy ended up in a funhouse in real life at one point. Generated this whole urban legend, um. 
and then and like the sense of danger the sense of threat and that that is built in at the very beginning of the movie when um amy the main character she's she's gonna go out with her boyfriend or her dad wants to make sure they're not gonna go to the fun house or they're not gonna go to that carnival because you know the the few towns over there were those two girls that died or went missing yeah the two girls who they died and were so horribly mutilated they had to be identified by their teeth yeah that's that's what happened that's what happened the last time the carnival came through town those are the whispers that travel with the carnival and Mm -hmm. like that's the thing that you you know to expect alongside the curly fries and the barkers and the uh excuse me the amazing old-timey strip show yeah (laughs) so good yeah but that's what he spends, Toby Hooper spends the first, like, two-thirds of this movie. Like, Amy, on the way to the carnival with her, on, she's on a blind date with this dude and her friend. Like, it's two couples. Mm-hmm. She's got that story in her mind. She doesn't really even want to go to the carnival. Mm-mm. So while she's there, there's all these, like, they're almost, you know, portents of evil but it's like she notices all of these things that take on a completely sinister vibe where everybody else is just like chilling and having a good time. Yeah. And she's like, actually, the carnival barker is terrifying. Actually, the animatronics are all fucked up and terrifying. <laughs> and it's just such a great sort of twisted kind of portrayal of wholesome behavior that I can't help but love. Mm hmm. So. Yeah. This movie does that very well. Yeah. And and then you get <laughs> you get these little carnival characters too. Mm-hmm. You get you get while she's watching everything in terror, you you see the greasy cornbread man walk behind her. Yeah. Just like covered in <laughs> grease. You see how could we not love uh who is she Stacy? Who says God is watching you. <laughs> I love the doomsayer in this. <laughs> the bag lady the bag lady you have like what what has happened is like amy and her friends are off to the carnival her little brother joey like lags behind he goes he's gonna follow her there because she's told him she's not gonna take him to the carnival as a punishment for playing practical fucked up practical jokes he's a little shit he like psychos her in the beginning of this film and i said how old is this actress as we're seeing her boobs and everything like it was wild so he follows them unbeknownst to them he follows along and as he's walking it's night out it's after nine o'clock he's on his way to the carnival this kid is probably like seven or eight i would say uh some dude pulls up in a truck and he's like hey kid what are you doing out here you want to ride and joey doesn't say anything and the dude pulls out a gun and points a gun at him later in the film uh after the carnival has closed and amy and her friends stay in the fun house that's their big idea is to stay in the fun house all night and do it (laughs) and little joey is like well the two cars went in with my sister and her friends but the cars came out empty they're still in the fun house um he like gets caught by a carnival worker who calls his parents the parents show up and it's like, what are these child molester vibes you're giving us here, Toby Hooper? Yeah. Like, little Joey is passed out and the carnival worker is, like, caressing his cheek and being like, oh, I cleaned him up real good. And his parents are just fucking standing there watching Yeah, him. it's so sleazy, this 
movie. It's so perverted. I love it. And while while they're just standing there watching this fucking scuzzy ass man caress his face with that cloth gently. Meanwhile, like you're like, okay, but their other child is currently being pursued by a mutant man who's trying to kill them. Yeah, what and like what is the inciting incident in this movie? Sylvia Miles, as, <laughs> as Madame Zena, gives a $100 hand job to the monster mutant carny worker. He comes too quickly. He wants his money back. She won't give him a refund. And so he kills her. You know what? I stand by her because she says, it's not my fault you couldn't help yourself. Or it's whatever. not her fault. She and you know what? It's, it is not her fault. She got her $100. Did he not complete was there release? Was there release? If, if, <laughs> I am, uh, not F. Blue Bailey. Uh, well, you know what? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> no, she's totally in the right. She deserves that $100. I have, Sylvia Miles is Madam Zena. Oh, God, what a treasure. Sylvia Miles is anything. Sylvia Miles as, uh, what's her name in the Sentinel? Yeah, yeah, uh, Gertrude or whatever. Ger- yeah, Gertrude Lichaza. Yeah, <laughs> it's just her and her and Beverly D'Angelo is just the horniest, most in-your-face lesbian ballerina, predatory lesbian ballerinas you'll ever see. And then her as Madame Zena here with her, like she gets, she's gonna do some fortune telling for the kids, and then they they're not taking it seriously, and then suddenly her accent just disappears. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Don't come back, or I'll break every phone in your bone in your fucking bodies." Yeah, <laughs> she's amazing. It's and then so good. She proceeds to have that accent the rest of the movie until she's dead. Even though we've already established that's not her accent. Yeah, she's amazing. Also, I have a really weird. Uh, I'm I, Sylvia Miles is such a mystery to me because I primarily know her for playing these two completely bizarre demented characters in the Sentinel and now in the Funhouse mm-hmm. in which in one she's a predatory les ballerina in the other she's uh masturbating a, a mutant mm-hmm. um <laughs> before being murdered for it this is the same woman that my queen Valerie Solanus Valerie Solanus encountered Sylvia Miles the day that she shot Andy Warhol. Uh-huh. Uh, Valerie went to the Lee Strasberg to the actor's studio. He was not there. Valerie was trying to give a copy of her play to him. Sylvia Miles was working there and she accepted the play. <laughs> Sylvia Miles told Valerie to beat it and she was like, she was dressed weird. I didn't like her. I made her beat it. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then Sylvia Miles proceeded to later say in an interview that she read Valerie's play, Up Your Ass, and said it was awful and full of obscenities. And I'm like, what were you doing, Sylvia Miles, <laughs> while you're masturbating the mutant and, and bonking Beverly D'Angelo in front of your room, your, your neighbor? Like, what is her moral standard here? Anyway, that's my Sylvia Miles digression. I apologize. Wow. And then you get to see her in that mutant. Who's, one, he is, he's kind of wandering around the movie in his Frankenstein mask. He's, a, he's operating a ride. He's the son of the carnival barker. And then suddenly at some point, once it comes up that, you know, it, <laughs> when it comes up that he has murdered her and his father, the barker, is very upset with him. He then, his father becomes more upset that he gave her a hundred dollars for the hand job. <laughs> yeah. The mask comes off and we get this like, what is, is he Bat Boy? Is he? 
He's a little two-headed uh, that didn't complete the process of yeah. becoming two heads. Um, that's the thing is this isn't this is frequently categorized as a slasher movie. It's not really a slasher movie. It has some of the tropes, but to yes. me, it's, it's but it's not really a slasher movie. I don't think. I, I think it does it a disservice. I think that's why I went into it with slasher eyes, expecting a slasher, you know, previously. Yeah. And then I was like, oh my god, it's just this fun. It's just this carnival. Yeah. It's a it's a little more Frankenstein in the fun house kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And cautionary. Uh, I mean, I guess slashers are cautionary tales, but this is like a real, there's so much, it's, that's the thing is like, except for that final third slash the final four, the final act, this could just be a documentary on freaky ass carnivals in the United States. (laughs) Yeah. 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 What really gets the, you know, the mutant and the angry barker after the teens is that Richie steals the box of full of money. He steals all the cash that they saw because they like the four teens see the ill-fated hand job uh through their uh, a level above and they see it through a crack in the boards <laughs> <Ill-fated hand job>. <laughs> <laughs> uh you know but then richie steals the rest of the money and that's a big no-no so like mm-hmm. don't steal don't go to where you're not supposed to be don't go to forbidden places right this don't, is the cautionary tale. Don't. what We've alluded to this in the past. What is wrong with teenagers trying to have sex in the grossest places possible? I mean... Don't have sex in Norman Bates' fruit cellar. <laughs> yeah. Don't have sex in the, in the fun house, like, attic loft space. Yeah. Just don't do it, kids. Desperate horny teens. Uh, well, there's the whole, and like when they go to the sideshow and see the two-headed cows and the barker says, these are all God's creatures. Is the mutant boy not also God's creature? Is Amy also a lapsed Catholic or something, right? She's having her crisis of faith, according Mm -hmm. to the doomsayer who tells her that God is watching. God! (laughs) As performed by Stacey (laughs) Paul. Yeah, the role I was born to play as soon as I saw it. Right, but is, is... is this mutant boy not one of God's creatures also? Hmm. Oh. Makes you think, doesn't it? And at the end of the day, though, the carnival barker still is looking out for his his son, right? His mm-hmm. baby. It's it's a family. It's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They're a fucked up family, but they're a family. Mm-hmm. Toby Hooper is really good at like this sleazy, fucked up portrayal of Americana gone wrong. Yes. And saying, but isn't it kind of the same thing in a way? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. This really this really does. So, okay. I, I have not seen a ton of Toby Hooper films besides Texas Chainsaw and Salem's Lot and Poltergeist a billion years ago. Mm-hmm. Does he dabble with this a lot? Or is this is this more of a specialized companion piece to Texas Chainsaw in a weird way? I would say these two are probably the closest yeah in that regard but all of a lot of his stuff just has that there's something about the sleaze that he taps into like Mm. nobody else really where his stuff like what's one thing that people say especially about texas chainsaw is like even though texas chainsaw has like no graphic violence in it 
uh, it's like, I feel like I shouldn't be watching this. Somehow yeah. it feels like almost like a snuff film, even though there's nothing in it. Yeah. Like the only explicit violence in that film. I mean, like there's the hammer on the head. Sure. But the only thing we really see, the only wound we see is like when Leatherface cuts his leg with the chainsaw. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, but yeah, it's, there's it, the, like discomfort of the hook or the hammer. Or the yeah. Mallet. But, but when uh, but... people talk about the film, especially people who don't watch a lot of horror movies or something, it almost instills in you this fake memory of like, oh, people are getting cut up with chainsaws. Yeah, and it's all this. gore fest. Yeah. So that's, but so that's something unique about his movies, I think. But it's just he it's just he is very masterful in, in embedding the film itself with discomfort. Mm hmm. And it's that griminess. And featuring even, like, outrageous, you know, whatever you want to call them, kind of characters. Like, hill people kind of characters. But they don't feel like caricatures, like the wrong turn people. Who don't feel like real people Mm -hmm. at all, you know? But all these carnival barkers feel like real people. Yeah. The perverty child molester feels like a real person. Yeah, absolutely. Even the Texas Chainsaw family feels like Grandpa's pretty crazy. And, you know, the hitchhiker's out there, but they also feel like real people who were out in the Texas sun a little too long, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the sun tea gone real bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think that there's a, there's a, there's a, it's not empathy, but there's a, the camera is not, the camera is following them in a way that is, is, is such to, it's just not it's not holding back or trying to i don't know maybe it is actually a weird kind of empathy because i get this weird kind of empathy with the with the mutant boy mm-hmm. oh, even though sure. he's a creepy fucking murderer we i mean we see him brutalize sylvia miles we see him haunt all these other the, the four teens after that oh his father says that like basically everywhere they go they have to cover up something that he did to some yeah. young girl but Absolutely. There's a, there's a sadness to it underneath it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, all you have to see is just like him, him trying to barter with Sylvia Miles with his drool coming out of his mask. How many people have empathy for Leatherface? Hmm. Right? Like the mm-hmm. moment of Leatherface, it's pretty iconic of him sitting there after everything starts to go wrong. And these teens like keep breaking into the house and he's like punishing himself just like the fucking monster in the fun house. Oh. It's like, I fucked up. What did I do wrong? Oh, they just want their house to be safe. They just want their houses to be safe. I mean, the Funhouse monster is a little, you know. Yeah. A little beyond that, but ultimately. You know, but it, it is a kind of empathy in that the, the characters are not treated as just a shock or just a scare or a punchline. They're actually, even though, like, the one in the Funhouse looks crazy... There's also some kind of humanity in there. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what I was trying to get to earlier. Where I couldn't find the words. Is like they're they're the camera kind of Toby Hooper's camera. He doesn't necessarily engage in judging the alleged protagonist or teen characters any differently than how he how he how he depicts the the villainous characters. Mm-hmm. They're all filmed from the same perspective. It's, you know. Aren't we all God's creatures? This is all America. This is the seedy oh. underbelly that is ignored. We're all that that poor little cow with the cleft palate. 
It's hard to watch, right? Even though it seems fine, like <laughs> it's so sad. But it, it it is. I mean, it is hard to watch. But it's just because I was like, oh, that poor cow. But also, yeah. I just wanted to pet that cow. I wished. I... This is how soft I am. When they are looking at the the two headed cow, which and I love she that... recoils. Yeah, yeah, and I love that it's supposed to be a shocking reveal that the cow has two heads, even though the sign behind it says two headed cow. But <laughs> yeah. um. She recoils, and then he, uh, uh, Richie, the other boyfriend, is staring at it, and he's like, he's like, I just wanted him to pet that cow. I was like, that cow deserves to be pet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that cow's a good girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, yeah. the, the, the like, cleft palate cow, it, it's not hard to look at because it's so gross. It's just like, is that painful? Like, are yeah, you Yeah, okay? no, yes. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I absolutely agree. It's just, yeah, I just feel sad for them. But that's, I think that, I think you're onto something really uh, smart and thoughtful. Really, I mean, thoughtful, genuinely, like, compassionate there, where it's like, that all God's creatures thing, it applies to these poor animals in the funhouse. It applies to poor mutant. To some extent, it applies to these poor stragglers that seem to just be trapped in the carnival. <laughs> Yeah, like, the, the vagabond man and vagrant man or whatever. Yeah, like, cornbread man and bag lady. <laughs> like, like because when by the end of it, I mean, after her friends are all murdered, Amy emerges and she's just stumbling around, and they're still just walk stumbling around too. And it's like, mm-hmm. is bag lady in any way employed by the carnival? Right. <laughs> but she she's just, just she just loves it. <laughs> she's just trapped there trying to survive. Yeah. And the teens who go there and treat the entirety of the carnival as a sideshow. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, how privileged. <laughs> you know? We're the villains, too. Yeah, man. Like, yeah. we are them and they are us. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Love the fun house. Love it. That, and, and honestly, the pacing is kind of weird. Oh, for sure. It works. In the end, it works. Um, and it really, it really does. It's just like when that mallet comes out in Texas Chainsaw. I mean, the door flies open, the mallet, you know, it hits him. It's just like that when all of a sudden that noose drops down and hangs Richie. And then the shock of they see somebody coming after them in the cart. And then and then Buzz fucking it slams a axe into Richie's head and not realizing it's him. Mm-hmm. There's some good shocker moments in that last bit. Oh yeah, I liked a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's a good movie. I'm, I'm very happy to re-see it in these eyes, with these carnival eyes, eyes that are open this time, eyes that are open. (laughs) It's true, all one of them. It's true. (laughs) It's such a vibe. It is also like it's just for teenagers. Like it's Mm -hmm. a small cast of quote unquote heroes. So to call it just another slasher movie, like you said, does it a disservice. Yeah, it's absolutely not that. All the action, so to speak, is weighted in the last, like, 20 minutes. It's a spectacularly nasty movie. It's a very nasty movie, and all the way down to that ending. Yeah. I mean, when Amy's going to try to get away from this, from Mutant Man, Mutant Boy, really. And she, first, like, he's coming at her, she's... Hits him with the thing, he gets knocked with the bar into the the power box, and he's getting electrocuted, and then he gets shoved in, and he's stuck between the gears, and it's grinding him apart. That's wicked. Yeah. Yeah. For a movie that doesn't have, again, like Texas Chainsaw, there's like no gore. Yeah. Some blood. 
But, I mean, when he kills Liz, R.I.P. Queen, uh, it's off screen. We see it in silhouette. Um, So, again, it's like Toby Hooper has great restraint for all of the crazy shit. And movies today that are, like, sleazy or other movies even from this era that have that same sleazy vibe are like, oh, it's the New York Ripper and he's going to cut off a lady's nipple. It's got to have, like, the, you know what I mean? It's, like, graphic violence, rape, Mm -hmm. all of this kind of stuff. And somehow Toby Hooper achieves that same feeling without any of the gratuitous, explicit violence and sexual assaults. Yeah, I don't need to see Liz's head go into the fan blades, but I know that's happening from all the establishing shots. And just denying me, just seeing her struggling and just seeing her jeans, yeah, <laughs> her legs. Like I know what's happening, and it 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 is felt. So R.I.P. Toby Hooper. R.I.P. Toby Hooper. One of my faves. One of my fave masters of horror. <laughs> right. Because there's only like five of them. So that's true. He's one of my faves. I love the Funhouse. I'm glad you watched it. I'm glad you uh, came out of it with positive feelings. Me too. Me too. Me too. I was very yeah yeah. It was a it was a good one. It was a good one. I was also excited to see in the credits that um, Adrian Borbo was the second assistant director, not Adrian Barbo, <laughs> but Borbo. <laughs> it's the Dollar Tree version. Yeah. <laughs> it's, no, it's the Chinatown Canal Street version. Yeah. Like. Yeah, she's she wandered in from Santi Alley. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's Adrian Barbeau and her gorgy handbag. I see. Okay. <laughs> also, this was funny going in because Jason kept saying this was based on a Dean Koontz move- book. Did you know it's a Dean Koontz book? Yeah, he he wrote the novelization, but the novelization came out before yes. the movie came out. Yes, yeah. in 1980, because I guess this movie took forever to get released. Yeah. So no, Jason. Yeah, there we now we know. But he was—it was funny because he was like, "It's so—it's actually such a faithful adaptation of the book." <laughs> and <I was> like, <laughs> well, that's because he wrote a novelization. Oh, <laughs> Dean Koontz. It's the one time Jason's been wrong about something. So. It's true, but I was like, "Well, uh, you know, in in your favor, at least you were very close to being correct." Right? Yeah, it's <laughs> with, not like bizarre trivia. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not like you know the chopping block or something. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. The chopping block? (laughs) Christ. Ask me about eggs. Ask me to name (laughs) as many egg dishes as I can. I could do that, maybe. Honestly, how many egg dishes could you name in, like, the next 20 seconds? Oh, deviled eggs, scrambled eggs, over easy, sunny side up, poached. That's five. I win. (laughs) Benedict. I love eggs, Benedict. Don't come between me and my eggs. Okay? Did we establish this in the Wicker Man episode? Don't come between me and my eggs. Wait, that comes up in the Wicker Man episode? I think I was laying eggs. That's all I remember. (laughs) What? (laughs) Don't ask me. I'm not going to go back and listen to it, but I feel like that's what happened. Anyway. See, okay. We need to hire an intern to like in, <laughs> to index our episodes. I added a search bar on our website at gaylordsofdarkness.com. I added a search bar so that if you're looking for a certain episode, 
um, you can just type in some words into a search bar. Guess what? That's how search works. Uh, so I added that, but then I realized like, oh, but what about people that want the episode where Stacy's laying eggs, apparently, and that's what they type in. Because <laughs> it's like, if you type in Wicker Man, then you'll get that episode. But like, unless I explicitly, one of us explicitly says laying eggs in the synopsis we wrote. Right, it would have to have a tag. Yeah, have we to need to establish tags. tags. So any anybody any interns no. looking for no college credit or pay, um, emails hey, that came. I would not subject anyone to that. <laughs> to listen oh to like eight hundred hours of our bullshit. Yeah, is there anyone out there who hates themselves? <laughs> Please apply. Anyone well, out there just giving up on life? We have the gig for you. Tags. Laying eggs. Jay Moore mask. Rhonda Johnson again. Okay. <laughs> like, oh, Suspiria. Wow. <laughs> yeah, every episode would every be episode Suspiria. Every episode Suspiria, yeah. God damn it. Uh, well, um, to go back to trivia, Stacy, um, are you ready to step on up? Step on up, if you will, to the chopping block? I am ready. This week... I feel it in my bones places. That sounds painful. I'm going to win. You're going to win. I'm going to win. No, I'm not. What is that attitude? Well, I don't like to set the sights too high. Because oh, if I'm if I'm if I really do think I'll win, and then I don't, I'll be so mad. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll, let's face it, I'll be mad either way. Whatever. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Off to a good start, though, right? <laughs> I feel confident that I'm going to win this question and answer game. I am. Uh, yes. <laughs> we are each presented with three categories. Each category consists of five questions. You place your head on the chomping block. You have ten seconds to answer the question. Unless you cry out, I want the wig. One time. You have one opportunity to do that. One wig. One wig only. It's Jamie Lee Curtis's wig from the 1981 film Halloween 2. It appears on your head. It will confuse our non-binary executioner, the heads they, and give you ten extra seconds but if you don't answer in time or you answer incorrectly, you will die. I die every week now. That's my new thing. I used to win sometimes, but I don't anymore. It's your new thing. Yeah. <laughs> you choose not to. I cho- Yeah. Oh, it's a definitely a choice. <laughs> definitely a choice. Not my brain shutting down. Not just not knowing something. <laughs> just pure rage. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a choice. I choose not to win. Just like when you chose to be gay so you could be different. That's right. Yes, I want to be. I want my life to be more difficult. Thank you. I would like to be ostracized. Maybe someone will kill me. Who knows? <laughs> it's my choice. <laughs> it's my choice. <laughs> okay. Well... Well, anyway, on that happy note, uh, who goes first? I don't know. I think I think you did last time. All right. Did you? So, did you ask me last time first? Wait. Uh, 
I we asked need a you system. <laughs> I asked you first last time. Oh. I asked you first, yeah. So do yeah. I ask you first? You do ask me first this week. Oh. So we're going to start this installment with a big W. Oh. For win. Well, <laughs> yes, win. yes, we will. <laughs> okay, Stacy. Starting off, starting off here with the with you on the chopping block. I got three uh, categories for you, uh, and and we're starting off with the W. Okay, I got an old category. I got one old category for you. Well, I got two kind of, but well, hey, your first one. Who a W? See what I did there? Who's off first mm. in this category? I tell you a horror movie. All you gotta do is tell me the first character to die in that oh, movie. Oh my goodness gracious. That's all you gotta do. Oh, is pay attention. You pay attention to movies. Your next category, also a W. This is a refreshed category. These are all new questions from an older category. This is category is which which is which once more. In this category, you just have to name the witch or the movie about a witch as described. Mm. In your third and final W category, this is a new one. And this category is Wig Court. Now, in Wig Court, Wig Court came about, um, Stacey and I were talking, this is a glimpse behind the curtain. Stacey and I were talking about uh, Robin Tooney's wig in the screen, in, in the craft. And I, I sent Stacey a gif. Of Robin Tooney and the, the the wig glued down to her head and flapping in the wind. Because I didn't Stacey, know it was a wig. Stacy said, if that's a wig, how does it stay on? <laughs> <laughs> and she says, I rest my case. And then we said, okay, this is wig court. Imagine a world dun, 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 where people come in. They bow before her honorable judge, Stacy. <laughs> and Stacy determines whether or not the hair is a wig. <laughs> yeah. But then, like, I also said that everybody will win their case because I will think it's all real hair. Because <laughs> you can never tell. No, can never because tell. you believe in the goodness of hair. That's right. That's and you right. Do- <laughs> I believe in all God's creatures. All God's scalps. All God's follicles. Yeah. <laughs> so in in this third and new category, wig court, I name an actress and her role in a movie. Whoa. You tell me whether or not she was wearing a wig. <laughs> oh, I can answer no for all of them. <laughs> so your categories are who's off first, which which is which, once more, or wig court. <sighs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, first of all, wig court appeals to uh, my power fantasies of being a judge, <laughs> telling people what I think. I love that. <laughs> also, I love a wig nanigan. Love the promise of wig nanigans. That's like your your late eighties, early nineties pop lit book, like your Irma Bombeck. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or my or my family friendly theme restaurant. Yeah. Where all the all the waiters and waitresses wear wigs. <laughs> Welcome to Wig Nanigans. Can I start you guys off with some jalapeno poppers? 
Love a jalapeno popper. You just have a golden arch. It's a wig. Mm-hmm. I love a jalapeno popper too. Um, wig so hannigans. So there is that. Yeah. But then I also feel the call of who's off first because that sounds so difficult to me that the the person in me that likes to prove something, basically how quickly can I die? Uh, really <laughs> is tempted. I'm just see. Look, all I could I could just pick a category, but instead I'm treating the viewers to a glimpse inside my mind, and you know all of the decisions that have to be made when you're presented with categories that are appealing. We're like that. It's like you're like the meme where we're seeing your brain light up. Right. God, do I go for the wig? You might have to flip a coin. I might have to flip a coin. I don't have a coin. Do you have a, a small shoe? <laughs> no. <laughs> In my mind, it was comparable. Um, 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 a flat um, um, disc. Um, 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 uh, oh, I, oh no, this does not bode well. I can't even decide a category. Do I have to give you 10 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> Who's off first? Who's I'm off gonna, first? I'm going to save the wigs for another day. We're going to put the wigs in a wig box and we're going right. to, we're going to go to the a different court. Dun, dun, right. dun. Who's off first? Okay, Stacy. Take off my robe. <laughs> in this category, all I did. The robot's just baby arms underneath. <laughs> in the... I always wear the robe just in case. Just in case someone wants my opinion on something. That's why she comes with robe ready. <laughs> Who's off first? In this category, I tell you a horror movie. That's all I say. I give you the title. And then you tell me the first character to die. Got it? Oh, Jesus Christ. This okay. is easy. <sighs> You wrote the book on some of these. Literally. This is easy. Mm. All right. Question oh one. You said it. You ready? Yeah. Question one. Oh, no. John Carpenter and Deborah Hill's Halloween. Judith Myers. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, fuck. Okay. Question two. God. Friday the 13th. I don't know the name. I don't know the name. It's the boy camper in the yellow shirt. Yeah, yes, ding, ding, ding. Is that his name? I would have also abs- accepted counselors. Oh, yeah. Accepted uh, yeah, counselors. yeah, yeah, I meant counselor. Well, I knew what you mean, yeah. Yeah. So that, 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 but you were referring to Barry. Yeah, 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 that's it. Okay, thank you. Oh, God. But that counts. <laughs> I'm so that counts because you knew who they were, okay. and I knew you knew that. Okay. Oh, God. You chose this, man. Okay, I question. know. I chose, the wigs are laughing at me. <laughs> they're all, they're they're all going to laugh at me. Like, they're all going to laugh at me. Moira Rose's wall laughing at you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question three. Okay. Night of the Living Dead, 1968. Johnny. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, God. Okay. He says they're coming to get you, Barbara. They actually came to get him. Yeah. Uh. Question four. All right, Stacy, prepare that wig head. No. Question four. The Exorcist. The Exorcist. I want the wig. 
exorcist. Ah! Uh, oh, Father Marin? Oh, no, the, um, oh, oh, what's his name? Um, oh, oh, yeah, the director. What's yep. his name? Burke, what's his name? Burke, Burke. Burke Dennings. God damn it, I forgot about him. Because technically he kind of dies off screen. Yeah. Okay. Okay. A noble effort, Stacey. I, you know, that's a loss I feel okay about. Unlike some of these other losses that are just like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) I feel okay about that one. I feel okay. That was a mistake. Hey, you demonstrated, you demonstrated a clear and concise knowledge of some classic horror film deaths. I mean. And the only time you got shook up was on the one that was off screen. That's true. And, ch- I, and as soon as I heard that the chopper, <laughs> then I knew that I was, well, I knew I was wrong. But the point, <laughs> is, I mean, the point is, I then thought of the right one. Yes. And I, I, I would... I, because it was off screen, I would typically, you know, not really count that, but because it's so, it's integral to the plot, then ultimately yeah. Burke Dennings' death is, is, is counted as the first death in The Exorcist. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, okay. Still lost. I'm curious if you would have gotten five, however. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just putting this out there then. I'm going to give you question five because I just want to see. Okay. Oh, gosh. Okay. All right, Stacy. Scream. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Because it's not Drew Barrymore. It's her boyfriend, Steve. Oh, yeah. Yep. yep. Oh, I forgot about Drew Barrymore. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought you would have said Drew Barrymore. Let me tell you something. That name did not enter my mind. I think my brain is off. I think once I died... That was it. <laughs> you just gave up. Did not think of Drew Barrymore at all. I was like, do I have to say Maureen Prescott? <laughs> oh, because now you're thinking off screen. Yep. That was my concern. Drew Barrymore. Pfft, who remembers her from Scream anyway, right? <laughs> oh. Okay. Well okay, played, so- though. Well played. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Absolutely. Now it is your turn. No. To place thine head upon the block. Okay. And choose from three categories, two of which are new. <gasps> All right, your first category is name ain't nothing but a number. <laughs> In this category, it's another one of those big ones where it all comes at once and you name as many as you can in 50 seconds. Oh, no. But every title that I want must have a number in it. But I don't want, you know, uh, Halloween 2. Sequels don't count. I mean something like 13 Ghosts. Where a number is a part of the title, but it's not like the fourth movie, so there's a four in the title. Do you know what I mean? But what about like 3 Fast, 3 Furious or whatever? (laughs) Well, that's not a horror movie, so you don't need Oh, horror. here we go, policing horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing 13 Ghosts wouldn't count. Right, you can't say 13 Ghosts. Does it, <laughs> does it make sense? There are a shit ton of horror movies that have a number in the title, but it is not a numbered 
title. Does that yeah, make sense? no, that makes that makes sense. That's a challenge because I immediately just think of five cream. That's category one. Category two, alive, alive, alive. Uh, in which case, I describe a movie. You tell me the movie. These movies all have the word alive in the title. Oh, oh, okay. And category three, bringing this one back. I had to. I want to go to the carnival. Where I describe a movie, you tell me the name of the movie. These movies all take place at carnivals or amusement parks, that kind of thing. Oh, okay. So, <clears throat> name ain't nothing but a number. Alive, alive, alive. And I want to go to the carnival. I'm going to go for the numbers. Oh, I'm all gonna, right. Every time this happens, I have to go for it. And I never get it, but I, I have to go for the number. They're fun. So you have 50 seconds in which to name five movies that have a number in the title. Uh, unless you cry out, I want the wig, I'll give you 10 more seconds. Uh, all right, and your time starts now. Okay, I want the wig. Um, uh, th- um, uh, oh, oh, um, uh, the, uh, the Ninth Gate. Um, ding, ding, ding. Um, oh, The Seventh Victim. Ding, ding, ding. Um, uh, the second glistening. No. <laughs> the, uh, oh, don't, uh, wait, does Don't Look Twice count? No. That's twice? Is that a movie? No. Um, 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 uh, oh, the, the uh, 39 Steps? No, the 39th Stair? The 39th Step, the 39th, what's the Hitchcock movie? The 39th Step? The 39th Stairs? 39 Steps? 39 Steps? Is that what it's called? I don't know. <laughs> it's a Hitchcock movie. The third <laughs> Okay, Fox. well, fine. Ding, ding, ding. That's three. You have ten seconds. Uh, ten seconds? I asked for the win. The 13th Warrior. Um, Can you name horror movies? It's horror adjacent. There's Vikings that kill people. Um, uh, it's near dead. Uh, Stop with this adjacent. <laughs> no adjacent. Even the Hitchcock is real stretch, my friend <laughs> I was trying to think of anything that had a number in it. I would argue the 13th Warrior, based on the Michael Crichton novel, Eaters of the Dead. I'm not a Michael Crichton fan, I swear. I would argue that's horror. Thank you very much. Okay. Well, then you got four. What and 39. 30 days of night. Fuck! <laughs> 28 days later. Fuck! 28 weeks later, obviously. No! Uh, one missed call. No. Ten Cloverfield Lane. Oh. Thirty-one. Oh. Four flies on gray velvet. Oh. Friday the thirteenth. Jesus fuck. Fourteen oh eight. Now you're 40, just showing off. Now she's 40, showing off. Forty-seven meters down. Mm-hmm. Nine seven six evil. Mm-hmm. Apartment 1303. Mm-hmm. 100 feet. Mm-hmm. Three extremes. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a lot of movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a weird thing to think of. It's a weird... Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a weird... I can see where my brain would have shut down completely. 
<laughs> That's a really good category. Yeah. Wow. Well, I debatably got four or two. <laughs> so that's... <laughs> sure. We'll give you four. Why not? You died either way. So. Wow. But that's such obvious one. It seemed like such a... It's such a challenge. Yeah. The brain just goes blank. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, it's hard. It's hard not to think of sequels also. But... To be like Friday, Friday the 13th Part 2, but then just Friday the 13th. There's like... Words that are numbers, and then there's numbers that are numbers. Yeah, man. And this is, this is different. <laughs> <laughs> man, you pull up my camper chair. <laughs> yeah. It's a tough one. Oh, on was... the spot. That's the thing, too, is like, on the spot with the clock ticking, these things become that much more difficult. And then all of a sudden, ten seconds left. Jesus, wept. I, oh, wow. I can't believe yeah. I didn't get the 28 days later. Yeah. And then that comes with a built-in it's 28 weeks later. Oh my god. One of these days I've I've never gotten past 4. I always got I always get 4, I think. It's usually with these it's like you will both of us will name like the 3 that we know right out of the gate in the first 10 seconds you get 3 and then it's just misery for And then <laughs> unbridled panic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. That was fun. Yeah. One of these days fun. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get it. Yeah, you are. This is my quest. <laughs> not not this week though. This not week this you get week. We throw your head in a hole in the ground. <laughs> cover it up so the earth with salt. <laughs> That's the end of that. <laughs> wow. Yep. Well, there's always another chopping block. There is. Your reward for dying is telling people where they can find us. Thank you. Hey, everyone. <laughs> you can find us at gaylordsofdarkness.com. Uh, you can go on there and you can make use of that brand new search bar and find the episode you've been long looking for, as long as it doesn't have anything specific. Um, and then uh, you can you can also use that same website to click our social media. On social media, you know, we're on Twitter at Gaylords of D. We're on Facebook at Gaylords of Darkness. We're on Instagram at Gaylords of Darkness. You can DM us through there. You can retweet, post, like, share, any of it. Whatever. We're all on there. Wow. Okay. Is there others? No. Are there others? No, I hope not. That's really it. Yeah. Really, what you need to know is GaylordsDarkness.com. But if you don't know that and you're still listening to this, that's egg on your face. Oh, yeah. That's another style of egg. (laughs) That is true. See? Egg on the face. Yeah. (laughs) It all comes full circle. Oh. For a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my god! God. Oh Oh my my god! Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness! Ha, ha, ha.